Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Stoke the Wild, the creative arts podcast where we talk all things creativity, art, and media. I'm your host, Nick Dertinger, and with me, as always, is my wonderful co-host, Joy Dertinger. Hello. So we've been away for a couple of weeks, unintentionally, so apologies up front to our weekly listeners. We've had some big changes take place in life, and some other ones fall through, which have kept us from recording, but we're back, and we've... Got some things to talk about. We do. So. Feels like that was a, like, when you said we've got some things to talk about, that's a little bit like what I would imagine sitting down in the principal's office would feel like. Hey, we've got to talk about a couple of things. (laughs) Like the dad talk of being, hey, buddy. We got to talk. We've got to talk. Yeah. Yeah, well, it's not intense, that's for sure. <laughs> no. But we haven't, you know, had an episode. So we're, we've got some things to cover, that's for sure. Just talk mm-hmm. through um, some some news on, on the uh, media entertainment end. Just as we continue to navigate COVID, um, we'll be talking about some of that stuff. Uh, some release date changes of our some of our anticipated films that are favorites and things like that but before we even get into that what have we been doing lately what have we been doing lately even just over the last few weeks there's been so much that that has been going on um what are some things joy for you that you've been like working on just over the last couple weeks or that you've been using even as a way to just have some sanity Mm. in the middle of crazy um what have you been doing um well, you guys know if you've ever listened to, I don't know, probably even one episode, you know that mental health is really important to me. So um, staying sane in the middle of COVID and working from home and um, helping kids do school from home and, you know, all of those things, it can become really stressful really quickly So um, I'm trying to set limits for myself, trying to set boundaries for like how much I can actually get done in a day Um, instead of trying to force myself to, you know, just accomplish everything in the time frame that I want it to be done in. So I would say the things that are helping me do that are listening to other podcasts, quite frankly. Listening to podcasts really helps because for someone like me where I feel like I need to be productive all the time, that can be, that can be good to kind of help me chill out and relax. Um, I am also um, finishing up a course, an online course um, that I've been taking at night um, and that is coming to a close in the next couple of days. We have our final, my cohort has our final presentation. And I am really excited about it. I hope that it is a positive thing. Um, but it's given me somewhere to put all of my energy that I feel around um, what's happening in the world right now. So, yeah. Well, well I guess, yeah. That, and I'm finishing up um, first season of my podcast, 99 Lead Balloons. We are nearing the end of the first season, which sounds really weird for me to say. But, I mean, the next couple of weeks are going to be, 
yeah, like finalizing everything and pushing it out and uh, preparing for the next season, which is weird. <laughs> yeah, but very cool. Yeah. Very, very cool. I've, uh, I will say that my boundaries have not been as great um, when it comes to the idea of creating space for mental health and sanity to uh, be in a healthy place. So I've been tr- I'm trying um, to make that better, but it, it has not been going very well. So just some real honest talk because we got to talk about some things, guys. We got to talk about some things. So, um, but in, in in the middle of all that, I've been trying to at least keep my brain engaged with things that are uh, either required of me right now or required and or like I can just have on and chuckle in the background of life. So uh, we we together have been uh, watching old episodes of Whose Line Is It Anyway? That's true. And yeah. it's been fun to just watch a bunch of improv like back to back to back and just laugh for a few hours. Yeah. Um, I guess not all at once, but, you know, like as we're watching it consecutively over the week. <laughs> we laugh con- continuously for three hours in one night. We don't. <laughs> we never stop. <laughs> no, but one like there is one thing that about that show that now, as an adult, looking through it, looking at it like through fresh eyes and through, um, I guess different eyes because we all change as we grow, and grow older i was like going back to it i was like oh my gosh there are actually a lot of like really horrible things that take place in the show yeah 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 yes yes so um okay uh also let's see um, I'm rewatching Star Wars in prep for Mando season two, which comes out at the end of October. So I'm rewatching all the Star Wars movies and season one of The Mandalorian. Um, I haven't included the Clone Wars cartoon series or Rebels in that because that's way too much to try and fit in in the next two months. So I'm just sticking with the main films and then season one of Mandalorian uh, before season two comes out at the end of October. And we just finished watching Avatar The Last Airbender. Oh my gosh, that was so good. And the kids saw, like, some of the episodes as we were watching them, and they wanted to watch. So we restarted it with them. Um, so when they have, like, a break from school and things, and we watch an episode, that's been a lot of fun. But I'm also reading a lot of books and articles for class, uh, for the classes I'm in right now. And um, so, like, my brain capacity is filled with just literature upon literature upon case studies upon literature and it's intense. In the middle of all that, I've also been trying to read some other books on art and techniques and other things for my personal edification, but not as much as I'd like to because of all the school stuff. Like Joyce said earlier, um, you know, working with three of our four kids in terms of keeping them on a healthy schedule for their school and e-learning is, uh, it's intense, but we're getting there. We're getting there. Yeah. I will say, I think that one of the biggest things that was helpful for that was like, you know, at school you have like a cubby if you're younger, you have a locker if you're older. Um, 
well, we have all of the school stuff, like the books and the pencils and the whiteboard and the highlighters and the whatever, and computers and cords everywhere. And I think the thing that has helped me to feel considerably more sane was getting like a cubby system worked out for them. Like, this is your cubby. This is where your stuff goes. This is your cubby. This is where your stuff goes. This is communal stuff. You know? Yeah, organizing their stuff and their space mm-hmm. has made it easier for them and for us. Mm-hmm. Which, obviously, again, talking about those boundaries, even as a kid, like, is important. Mm-hmm. Like, hey, this is where this goes at this time, and this is where this space, you know, belongs to this. Uh, we're, like, even just recently reorganizing our space because of some of the things we were planning to do that then can't happen yeah. um, or couldn't happen. And so cleaning that up and reorganizing what we what we had, upon doing that, you find that it's easier then to mentally prepare yourself for the things you have to do in that space. You know, um, if it's an office, you know, being organized and cleaned up. If it's a, a school space, having that organized and cleaned up. If it's an art space, organized, cleaned up, you know, so you can... Approach what you need to do with some clarity. Uh, sometimes, for me, I have to finish a tangible task before I can uh, approach the uh, abstract task of creating something. So, mm-hmm. that makes sense. You did do a lot. You have done actually a lot of um, tangible, like uh, creating and finishing things in the last couple of weeks. Um, in a little bit different way than I think we've done before um, and done in the past. You built tables and a TV stand, which were things that we, like, we had a table, but the kids are, like, constantly using it for school and homework. So it was, like, it just became, like, a school space. Yeah. So I built a small little, like, bar top table. Uh, for breakfast and lunch for the kids. Mm-hmm. So it's easier to keep their stuff separate. A coffee table. Yeah. And a, a TV stand, um, what we used to call an entertainment center, but I think now is just a plank of wood. So <laughs> back in the day, back in the day when the internet used to come in the mail. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's funnier now than it was last night. I I read this tweet. I can't. I can't. Couldn't even find it. If if you you paid me to find it, Uh, I read this tweet though from somebody that was shared last night that said, um, "Me trying to explain to my six-year-old daughter that uh, when Netflix first started, they used to send you DVDs in the mail, and then it said six-year-old in old lady voice." Back in my day, we used to get the internet in the mail. <laughs> <laughs> and now that's my favorite expression. So, oh, It's so great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. One of the kids asked me why we have to charge, like, our Bluetooth speaker. And I was like, because it doesn't, like, it still needs a battery or something like that. It's not, like, plugged in. I think it was our three-year-old. And uh, and he was like, what kind of batteries does the TV use? And I was like, it doesn't. You have to plug it in. It uses electricity. And he's like, what? 
Like he was like <laughs> in shock and awe that it cannot possibly use batteries. Yeah. <laughs> it was funny. That, uh, yeah. He's in that phase of trying to understand everything all at once. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. World is too big though. It'll take some time, kid. It'll take some time. Uh so speaking of big though, as we um kick off into this episode, uh I want to talk about some of the, the news. As we navigate COVID, there have been some so many changes. So recently, right at the tail end of summer, uh in August, one of the kind of uh, what's the best word to say? It's kind of kind of litmus test maybe for um, theaters reopening. Like is we mm. we had we've had a couple episodes on filmmaking with some filmmakers. Mm-hmm. We we talked to Chris Garcia. We talked to Kimberly Weir, um, and we've obviously we've had guests on the show and friends and other people we've talked about who love film. Yeah, and it's one of my favorite things, especially as a pastime. As we were talking about boundaries and a way to relax and kind of just escape for a little bit and and whatnot, film has always been a passion of mine. Um, I love to read scripts because I'm a nerd, and um, you know, like I said, I'm just already doing some of these other rewatches for things because I'm excited about what is coming out. But there have been over the last couple of weeks just some some big changes, some news as it comes to some of our favorite series of films. And so, just going to talk about that. And uh, so, in August, we had this litmus test of people returning to theaters. Many things in the United States, um, whether you agree with it or not, started to reopen. And um, they started to implement procedures and different things like that for the theaters to uh, be, quote-unquote, as safe as possible. And so, um, with that, you know, they first started showing, like, older films where you could just... You know, buy a discounted ticket, come see like a classic film in theater because a lot of these movies that were supposed to come out haven't and they've been pushed back. Uh, But one that came out that was, again, the litmus litmus test of what theater experience could look like in the middle of all this was um, Christopher Nolan's Tenet. And I haven't seen it yet because I don't want to go to the theater when I have a great chance of getting sick. Right. And so... Um, having not seen the film, I can't speak to its, um, quality, but from the trailers and from what I was hoping to have been able to see at this point, I thought it looked fantastic and I I can't wait to see it when I do see it, but it's kind of performing mediocre at this point. Like, um, it's not doing terrible, but everyone knows because it's Christopher Nolan film that it's not doing as well as it could have. What does that mean? All of his movies, uh, especially after um, Batman and Inception and, like, some of those bigger films that came out, you know, 10 years ago, have been pretty, like, epic stories. Mm-hmm. Dunkirk, um, these other films that he has done in the middle of all that have been pretty big movies that have garnished a lot of attention, just his filmmaking style mm-hmm. and all this stuff. And so there's a lot of anticipation and hype over this film, um, especially because it kicks him kind of back into some of that science fiction stuff like Inception with possible time travel or and all this stuff and he's really good at kind of creating that narrative around that stuff so mm-hmm. uh, it was kind of a big deal and it was pushed back like a month or two from when it was supposed to come out because of COVID but they still uh, decided to release the film mm-hmm. and for other companies other studios 
it became like the well, whatever happens to tenants going to determine what we, what we do. Pretty much is what what happened. Oh well, and so um, it's done. It's done actually better overseas than it's done in the United States because mm. a lot of countries have handled the pandemic better than we have. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so they're able to get out more, do more, and have better, you know, precautions and things in place. So. Uh, that being said, though, it hasn't done well enough, so a lot of films and studios are still being pushed back or put off from when they were going to be released, so that way the studios ideally are losing maybe money on marketing, but are not going to lose money in in their hopes when it comes to actually having the film out. Mm-hmm. So that affects... One of our favorite series we've talked about before on the show, and that is the Marvel movies and the Marvel timeline of films. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It has been, and I'm scratching at my neck like jonesing for a fix. It's been like (laughs) 18 or 19 months since we've had a Marvel movie. I need it. I need it. Okay. So <laughs> I was talking to one of my fellow nerd friends uh, last week about the Marvel films, and she told me that she stopped watching them. Why? She said that they had become too formulaic, and so she didn't want to watch them anymore. But she's also someone who, like, she loves the oddities. She loves the the different and the you know she doesn't want it to follow the expected trajectory so to speak i think in my personal opinion Mm -hmm. that these movies are only getting further away from the typical formulaic outcome like at Mm -hmm. the end of each movie you're gonna have obviously the triumph of the hero you can't really avoid that if you're creating stories that are going to intertwine and still remain connected Mm -hmm. um but as we've seen you can also have even if it's temporary temporary defeats before that win comes later on in another film Mm -hmm. um but for the most part a lot of these movies have been uh less formulaic than they were at the beginning and I think they're only going to get more and more less formulaic especially mm-hmm. considering that um in the next couple of years they're going to be I don't want to say testing this because I think they've bought into it with with how how much money Disney has thrown at Disney Plus but with these Disney Plus shows introducing a larger uh wider scale for some of this storytelling that then will also tie into the films mm-hmm you're going to have um, groundwork laid differently than you would in a standard, you know, hour and 45 minute movie or th- two hour movie or whatever. Sure. So um, that I, I think that there is space for the oddities to continue, especially with some of the films that are coming out mm-hmm. and what they're hoping to do in those. Mm-hmm. I can understand to a point like with some of the earlier, especially like first films, of a lot of these heroes, it's like, this is the hero. Here's the bad guy who is just like the hero with their powers, except for bad. And <laughs> then, the, then the good guy wins. Yeah. Um, well, And I think that, I think that for her, it was less about like the actual trajectory of the stories and more about like character development. 
um, in some ways, she talked about how there were some characters that like had very unique development, but there were other things that I wonder if she feels that they're formulaic because she is um, a nerd like ourselves, but she is the kind of nerd who's been calling the the Iron Man loss since the first Avengers movie. Well, yeah. She was like, this is going to happen. I'm not one of those people. I was watching it and I was like, what? No, no, not Tony. Not Tony. And, uh, you know, all of the things and all of the things like that, that like average moviegoers are going to be like, okay, oh my gosh, Iron Man is gone for what? And instead, people who like are like you and my friend, uh, Bethany, they pay more attention to some of those foreshadowing things from years ago. And they're like, ah, yep, knew that, called it, called that, called this too. Um, and kind of in that way, I think that she feels like the that level of like, this is going to happen then, this is going to happen. Yep, it happened. Um, for her, she was like, meh. That's, that's interesting because, yeah, I do feel that way. But for me, it feels like a great inside joke. Mm. But not like haha joke, but like, oh, I'm in on this because I know and I catch and I've read and I see and I'm so nerdy that all those little things, mm -hmm. the reason why I pick it up is because this was made for me mm. and the average person won't get all those things. Mm -hmm. They may still enjoy it, but because I get all that stuff, even if I know because I get all that stuff, what's going to happen? Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, that's right. See, this is mine. And I don't I don't pick up on a lot of those things, but what what I really enjoy is that one of our kids really notices all those things. And so I really love watching the movies with him because he will point them out. Um like really obscure things. And he hasn't read the comics. He's 6. He doesn't know what it says in the comics. But he he notices those common threads that are pulled through all the different films. And so we were watching Spider-Man Far From Home the other night. And Nick was in class. And uh, the bit where Spidey picks up uh, one of the projectors and, like, has he has a web. He, like, webs it or something or straps something to it. Yeah, because he's out of web. So he straps something to it so he can, like, swing it. And then he picks up a sign, like, as a shield and there's a scene where he, like, for just a brief moment, is standing on the bridge with this shield. He's all beat up. He has no more webs. And he is swinging this, like, projector slash drone thing from just, like, a, a strap, a seatbelt strap or something like that. And our six-year-old turns to me and he goes, that's just like, uh, it's just like Cap in, uh, in, in Endgame, and I was like, what? And he's like, yeah, he's got Cap's shield, and that's just like Thor's hammer. And he, he notices those things, you know, and he's, like, real excited about it. So I, I love those moments because he notices it and talks about it, and it's really fun. Yeah, that, that uh, he's the same one who, I may, I may have mentioned this on the show before, but when we saw Endgame in theaters, he was sitting next to me, and he, in that moment when Cap, picks up Thor's hammer in that in that movie, he immediately turned to me and he's like, Dad, he's worthy. <laughs> and I was like, yes. If I've done nothing else right as a parent, I've done that. Yeah. 
Yeah. So, um, all that being said, though, these these movies, um, as they continue to come out, because they won't stop, um, at some point they're going to just download them straight into our brain. Um, <laughs> they're, they're still coming out. And, uh, and so we have things that, like, they've been putting into, uh, you know, all these different health procedures and safety precautions and all this stuff to resume filming. In fact, we just started watching... <laughs> But I haven't even gotten into this topic because I keep getting distracted. But we just started watching uh, the other day the first episode of uh, the new season of The Great British Bake Off. Yes. And um, they talk about at the beginning of that episode, like, you know, everyone has elected to create a bubble for this for this show. So they're going to be like we've isolated for 14 days or whatever is recommended by the CDC. We've done all this stuff, temperature checks. And we're creating our own little family bubble for the next, you know, eight weeks or whatever. And so everyone's staying in that place and then, like, you know, recording the show. And so a lot of these films and TV shows, as they continue to start back up, are doing similar things. You know, quarantining, isolating for a certain amount of time, temperature checks before then creating a bubble of isolation around filming. So that way everybody's... Uh, clean, for lack of a better word, and then, like, ready to work and, and whatnot. So mm -hmm. hopefully uh, by doing that, everyone can remain safe and healthy. Uh, but some of, these some of these movies and TV shows have already been filmed, and they've just been pushed back because of the timing of everything. Sure. So we were supposed to get the Black Widow movie, long overdue, by the way. We were supposed to get Black Widow movie back in May of 2020 here. Um, and... It was pushed back originally to um, an indefinite amount of time, and then they finally settled on November of 2020, which was the time slot for the Eternals movie, uh, which was supposed to come out, which deals with some more cosmic entities um, that you're introduced to briefly in the first Guardians movie. And now all of that's been thrown out the window, and a whole new schedule has basically been given to us. The very first introduction to Phase 4 of the Marvel Universe is going to actually come from a Disney Plus series here in December. They've announced it. Um, it's coming out, and that's WandaVision. Oh, yeah, I forgot about that. And I was really excited about that, too, because Wanda is awesome. Wanda, if they continue with some of these things I think they're doing here, she is one of, if not the most powerful um, sorcerer in the Marvel Universe, like more so than Doctor Strange. And um, it's like her powers currently, as they've been developed through what we know so far in the movies, come from the Scepter uh, when it was taken by Hydra and they were doing experiments and mm -hmm. then her and her brother mm -hmm. were considered enhanced. In the comic books, they're actually mutants and they have their their powers but Wanda is a witch and she's also been cursed by the devil in the comics um and wow that's a whole other level of backstory i didn't know yeah, about yeah. so she's all, so her and her brother um so Wanda Maximoff and uh, P uh Peter Maximoff um or Petro Maximoff they are actually the children of Magneto in the comic books that i did know i knew that cuz you'd shared that with me before so th that's their initial mutant connection. Mm. Um, but also Wanda had like, at birth, her soul was like chosen by Mephisto, who is like the main 
like devil character in the in the Marvel comic books. One of, and um, he's also the same one who makes like his fir- the first deal with Johnny Blaze, the Ghost Rider, and all this stuff, and hmm. and whatnot. So she also has like this this whole other story regarding like the sanctity of her soul and all this stuff that takes mm-hmm. place. But mm-hmm. she's one of the most, if not the most powerful mutant, like really like what they call, um, what is it like a low? I think there's, there's like 10 levels of like power in the mutant. Mm-hmm. She's, uh, she's like level 10, right? Like you have Xavier Magneto, like those high like mutants because their powers are just like perfect. And she's up there in terms of that. Mm-hmm. And so, um, what we see though in this trailer kind of showcases some different ideas that I don't I don't want to break down all that stuff. There's so many great videos on YouTube that uh, you can watch if you're into that thing about what they could be doing with this series. Uh, but if you watch that trailer, there is definitely some weird, weird crap happening. And <laughs> um, Vision is is back. Whether we, whether that's just a completely oh, like man. figment of her imagination because he was totally destroyed by yeah by Thanos and Infinity War, or if there is some sort of other magic taking place um, and sorcery, like I don't know. Uh, but there are some interesting details in that trailer if you go and watch it. That if you're into the comics and you do some research, you'll be like, oh dang, this could be creepy mm-hmm. good. Mm-hmm. So I'm looking forward to it. We get a grown-up version of Maria Rambeau, which is the daughter of, um, oh, or no, not Maria, Monica Rambeau. We get grown-up Monica Rambeau, which is the daughter of Maria, if I remember her name correctly, which is the friend of Captain Marvel in the Captain Marvel movies. <gasps> oh, like the, the little girl. There's a yeah. grown-up version of her in the in the show. Yeah, yeah, and she she eventually becomes a hero as well. And I've got my characters mixed up now in my head, so I couldn't tell you. Plus, it's 4 a.m. or whatever. So <laughs> um, so we're seeing some of this other stuff. There's also rumors that Darcy from the Thor mo- first two Thor movies is making some sort of cameo with some science stuff in this as well. Hmm. So there's other ties going on. But this this series... Uh, from Kevin Feige, the like executive producer and kind of head honcho of the Marvel Cinematic Universe, said this series will directly tie into Doctor Strange 2 and the Multiverse of Madness. And there was just a rumor released just this last week that Doctor Strange 2 might explore some of those alternate universe multiverse timelines hmm. where we see some of our characters who've also died show up again but with other actors playing them because it's a different universe. Yeah. Specifically, that we'll see Iron Man with Tom Cruise playing Iron Man. What? What? Yeah, Yeah, because when they were uh, first looking for Iron Man 10 years ago, well, 12 years ago now, uh, Tom Cruise was one of those considered at the time. And so there's there's a rumor, I don't know how true it is, that they're looking at getting him to do this possible one-off multiverse um, iteration of Tony Stark, which would be really funny. But this also, because it's multiverse, could bring in some other stuff, which we'll get to once I get to Doctor Strange's timeline here in a minute. So, because <laughs> I can't keep track and stay focused. Okay. So, all this, we've got WandaVision coming out in December of 2020. So, that's going to be our first introduction to Phase 4. Uh, mm-hmm. There's a couple other Disney Plus shows that are coming out in 2021. 
don't have dates yet, but we've got Falcon and the Winter Soldier. They've shown a trailer for that as well mm-hmm. um, as a Loki series following the Loki of 2012's Avengers after he escapes at the end of Endgame with the Space Stone. Mm-hmm. So branching off into a new timeline. Um, we've got... Uh, so Black Widow has been moved to May of 2021. So that's coming out a whole year after it was supposed to. Um, totally done filming. It was supposed to be, you know, it was ready to go. It's basically just sitting on a shelf in Kevin Feige's house probably. Just waiting to be um, fanboyed, like, <laughs> captured. Um, <laughs> if you understand that reference. And then so um, Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings uh, is coming out July of 2021 which follows the martial arts master Shang-Chi. But then it's also bringing back the Ten Rings, which were first introduced in Iron Man 1. And we get some more of that in Iron Man 3 a little bit, and so on and so forth. The Eternals, which was supposed to come out this November, has been moved to uh, November of 2021. And so everything's basically been pushed back a year. Uh, And then we have Thor, Love and Thunder, the fourth Thor movie, Coming out in February of 2022, Doctor Strange 2, March 2022, Black Panther 2, uh, tentatively May 2022, depending on what they end up doing with that after the uh, tragic passing of Chadwick Boseman. I'm not sure where they're going to go with that just yet. Um, I'm sure they're playing everything close to the chest and waiting till the appropriate time to talk about that. Captain Marvel 2 for July 2022. And so we've got a lot of these films that are coming up. And then, of course, there's Disney Plus series I mentioned um, in the next two years, we're going to be getting like a saturation of this stuff, which is cool. Hopefully it doesn't burn people out, but it is cool um, since we've had now, we'll have by the time Black Widow comes out, we'll have had two years without a, a theatrical release. So um, in the middle of all that, though, we also have Sony's Marvel movies that are also on the schedule, too. So we've yeah. got a Morbius movie, which is Morbius the Living Vampire, which is coming out March 2021. That was supposed to come out, like, in October of this year. The second Venom movie, Let There Be Carnage, in June 2021. And also Spider-Man 3, which is tentatively for November 2021. Um, but that may change because there's the Eternals. And since Spider-Man is still directly tied into the MCU, they'll probably be some shifts in there. So none of this is set in stone, of course, all subject to change, but this is kind of what they've given us this last week of what's, what's to come that we know of there. Ant-Man three has been announced. That's coming sometime in there. There's Mm -hmm. no definitive timeline yet, but it's been announced that Kang, the conqueror is going to be appearing and Kang, the conqueror leads us into so many different things. But first (laughs) I said, I would talk about (laughs) Dr. Strange too. So, We'll get to Ant-Man 3 in a minute. Doctor Strange 2, though, we have uh, the multiverse of madness. You know, I was talking about Tom Cruise and that whole thing. Right. So that, what what is interesting about that movie is the original director of Doctor Strange 1, Scott Derrickson, uh, was set up to do Doctor Strange 2, but due to uh, creative differences, as most things, he stepped away from that movie. And they recently hired Sam Raimi. And I think we've talked about this a little bit before, but Sam Raimi directed the first three Spider-Man movies in uh, 1999, 2000, 2002 or three, and then 2007, right, with Tobey Maguire. Sam Raimi is a hoarder 
icon when it comes to directing. He did the Evil Dead and Army of Darkness and all these other things as well back in like the 70s and 80s, some of these like older horror things. Mm-hmm. And um, the fact that they've hired him for Doctor Strange 2, still trying to keep some sort of horror aspect to it, mm-hmm. is interesting. But even more so, if they do this multiverse idea and they get other actors to play characters we know now, is it possible for us to get a Tobey Maguire cameo as an alternate Peter Parker connecting these stories? Like, could we get our own version of, in many ways, of Into the Spider-Verse, old, an older Spider-Man who's like, oh, hey, kid, like, this is my universe kind of thing. How, like, whether you like Tobey or not as a Spider-Man, how cool would that be, right? Yeah, that would be cool. Or possibly even getting Andrew Garfield from The Amazing Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like having them even briefly seeing the alternate versions of these characters over the years would just be cool because then it, it doesn't dismiss what has happened but says, hey, all these things can coexist. You can mm-hmm. be fans of all of it because it's all part of the same mythos, right? Right. And so it'll be interesting. If they end up doing that, the whole Tom Cruise thing, maybe they'll find some way to incorporate Spider-Man. I mean, they did with J. Jonah Jameson. They got they got J.K. Simmons back to do J. Jonah Jameson, even though he's a little bit different at the end of Far From Home than he was in the first Spider-Man movies. Maybe there's a way to connect that. So if we do have something like that, I would be really excited to see like a Miles Morales film. I, w- I would oh, yeah. love to see a Miles Morales they, Spider-Man They film. will definitely do a Miles. Yeah. Yeah, there, there's no way they can't, especially after the popularity of Into the Spider-Verse. Oh, my gosh. Miles That's is so good. Miles is coming somewhere. Mm-hmm. Like, he's going to be in something. They even laid the groundwork a little bit with yeah. in, in Homecoming. In Homecoming. Donald Glover. Yeah, Donald yeah. Glover plays Uncle Aaron. Yeah. Which in Into the Spider-Verse, if you're not super familiar with the comics, he's the Prowler, if you've seen that movie. And he's actually a villain. We don't mm-hmm. see him as the Prowler in the Spider-Man movies thus far, but that's when he said, oh, i got a nephew, a nephew who lives in Brooklyn. Like, yeah, he's talking about Miles. We just haven't met him yet. So hopefully, as they do that and they, they introduce him and bring him in, whether it's alongside Tom Holland and they can both be their versions of Spider-Man, which mm-hmm. would be awesome. Yeah. Um, or if it's in a couple years, Tom Holland decides to be done or not do as much and they move in a different direction. Fine. I just, it's just, it'd be foolish not to have Miles. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So he'll be there somewhere. We'll see what happens. As well as what happens with like this Venom 2 and Morbius, there's been... Uh, in the Morbius trailer that came out a few months ago when this was supposed to be out this year, there were posters um, of Spider-Man in the background of some of the scenes. Really? So they're still trying to connect this to Spider-Man in some way, whether or not it's outside of the cinematic universe, but Spider-Man exists and it's Tom Holland, or they do something else, I don't know. But, again... Mm. It'll be interesting to see. It's it's also possible that all of this could be tied to that multiverse kind of setup where a version of Spider-Man exists and some of these characters are pulled in and out of the multiverse at different points. Yeah. So we'll see. Given that we just finished watching Spider-Man Far From Home, I've been like really stressed about wanting the next Spider-Man movie. Yeah. Like I want the next Spider-Man movie to happen right now and so do my kids. So get on that. Sony 
Marvel, Disney, whatever you are. Yep. Spider-Man 3. Let's see. Spider-Man Homecoming. You have Spider-Man Far From Home. Home will probably be in the title somewhere. So Spider-Man Can't Go Home. Spider-Man Home Away From Home. Spider-Man Home Alone 2 Lost in New York. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure I'm not the first to make that joke, but I'm like, like. I don't know, but I hope we I hope we get to see Zendaya some more because she's amazing. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh my gosh. Um, and I so I think in my opinion, I think what they're going to end up doing between Morbius, Venom, and then the Spider-Man movie is create ways for these other characters to coexist within. Even if Tom Holland is like, look, I'm going to be doing some of these other things that are not. Marvel, like MCU, like we might not see Venom come over to the MCU, yeah, but we might see Tom Holland's Spider Man come over to Venom, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. I think there's room to play in that sandbox. Um, but what I think they could do with this, with everything they set up in that movie, is bring in someone like Craven the Hunter, <laughs> who in the comic books hunts Spider Man. As like a big game prize, like he's a world famous hunter. He has like superhuman abilities to like do all this stuff, and mm-hmm. he's trained for years to like hunt big game poacher. Like like he he's he's a bad dude, but he's good at what he does, right? Mm-hmm. And his his goal is to hunt and kill the Spider Man. So my only, um, I guess introduction to Craven is in one of the ki- one of the kids' books. That's it. Like, and what, so he just like looks the like early reader books. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so he's like, Craven is a hunter. Craven hunts animals, but this time he is hunting something different. <laughs> he, he hunts the Spider Man. Yeah, <laughs> pretty much. Well, uh, with 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 Spider Man being on the run because of the video that Quentin Beck put out. Or yeah, ass- I want to ass- know what is the. I want to know. Yeah, assuming that he's on the run because of what Quentin Beck put out, mm. it would be an, a great way to introduce Craven as like, you know, w- I will flush out Spider Man. We'll find him. Like, because I mean, really, they tell they tell everybody that he's Peter Parker, and so yeah. all Peter would have to do is like change change his name and move cities and never be Spider Man again. He might be able to hide. You know, Mm-mm. he might be able to hide. Yeah. Uh, but Craven, being Craven, would be like, no, I'm gonna. If he's, you know, he's a hero. He's going to try and save people. All I need to mm-hmm. do is create enough havoc to get him to come out yeah. and try and save people, and then I'll take him down. Yeah, yeah. And he could be doing it even like a almost like a Sokovia situation, a um, in retaliation to something that has already happened. Like he could have had family in like one of those locations where mm-hmm. Quentin Beck destroyed a bunch of stuff but because Beck blamed it on Spider-Man. Right. He'd be like like my family died in Italy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, when mm-hmm. the water drone stuff destroyed everything. And so this is my revenge like I'm getting revenge like Zemo did in Civil War with uh with the Winter Soldier and and Cap and Iron Man and all that stuff because his family died in Sokovia. You know, could yeah. easily yeah. pull that stuff, which, you know, your friend might say is formulaic, but that's how you tie in those movies. And mm-hmm. then you go, oh, cool. Because that means right. that things were happening simultaneously. Right. 
Oh, man. And that brings me to some of the stuff I've been reading in school. And it's driving my mind crazy. It's crazy. <laughs> crazy. So, so we have all this different stuff that's coming out. I'm excited about it. I think it's going to be really cool. There's a lot of potential and possibility. Um, they just announced this week as well a Nick Fury series coming to Disney+. Plus, and Samuel L. Jackson is in talks to play Fury again for that. Uh, whether or not they do, like, flashback stuff to, like, a young Nick Fury and it's stuff before his time at S.H.I.E.L.D., I don't know. Or if it'll be, like, post-endgame stuff. I have no idea. It's just been announced, but... It'll be cool to see him get some more screen time too because he's a cool character. Mm-hmm. And Samuel L. Jackson is just freaking awesome. So Yeah. Um and then finally Ant Man three. Yeah. So Ant Man three was announced. Kane the Conqueror is has been announced as a at least a partial villain, if not the main villain of the of the movie. So whether or not he's just he's the main villain introduced and then he sticks around, um, I don't know. Be fo- this is another thing that Marvel would be foolish to use him as a one-off character because King the Conqueror is um, basically a time villain. Okay. He, he has the ability to travel through time. He wants to conquer time and places in time. And now that time travel has been introduced in the quantum realm, mm-hmm. like he's a good villain, but he's also a descendant, depending on the comics you read, he's a descendant of Reed Richards, who is Mr. Fantastic of the Fantastic Four. Oh. And there's both mutant implications and there's the Fantastic Four implications of how he relates to the story. Right. So there could be ways that they bring us the Fantastic Four, more X-Men mutant stuff through some of this timeline and through some of this story. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. Hmm. What? Well, you look confused. No, I'm not confused. I'm just it made me think about like if if there is a way to like tie some of these storylines together, especially with regard to Spider Man and the things going on there. Um whether that's Doctor Strange or some something else is making me think about Venom again and this new movie that is coming out where it's like Venom and Carnage. You remember what it's actually called, but uh, you know, in the in the Spider-Man comics, Venom is a bad guy, but in the Venom movie, is kind of like this anti-hero. Yeah, and so how are we gonna like if they bring Venom and Spidey into the same universe? How is that going to be? Well, they're in the same universe, but you know what I mean. If they if they bring those storylines right. together, what are they gonna do with that? How are they gonna make that? work because now I like have this like affectionate like viewpoint toward Venom <laughs> from the movie. Yeah. Because of the movie. Yeah, yeah. Um where I'm like, oh it's it's just Eddie and his friend Venom. <laughs> like Venom yeah. doesn't you know, he's he's like still learning that you can't eat people most of the time. Um and stuff like that. So it it just sort of is kind of like making me wonder, hmm, what is the deal with that? How are they going to do that? That's a good question. Not totally sure, but they could. Uh, they can put them at odds because of their different techniques and approach to saving people. You know, Spider Man doesn't try true. to kill people. Try, true. He and he doesn't eat people. And he doesn't eat people. 
So there's that. Where Venom's like, look, if they're bad people, you can eat them, you know. <laughs> that's fine. Yeah. And um, so they could easily clash over their ideology and their approach to um, their quote-unquote hero work. Yeah. But also just the fact that we're getting an introduction to Carnage, it, we could see like someone like Carnage um, be a bigger villain than just a single movie and mm-hmm. have him, because Carnage is a replication of Venom in many ways. Um, he comes, uh, Carnage is, is actually part of Venom's suit, or Ven- not suit, but Venom himself, the symbiote. Yeah, yeah. He like asexually breeds mm-hmm. and like attaches to, uh, um, what's his name, Cassidy, uh, Cletus Cassidy, um, who is the serial killer that becomes carnage, oh. right? Oh. And so, um, hmm. it's possible, though, that Spider-Man could see someone like Carnage and then see Venom and just be like, you're the same thing, and, you know. Mm-hmm. And Venom's be like, no, I'm trying to, like, help this. And he's like, you're not. You're, like, the same thing. You're eating people. Right. Destroying people, destroying stuff. Like, you know, I've the last time I trusted somebody, Quentin Beck, you know, it blew mm-hmm. up in my face, so mm-hmm. I'm not trusting you, mm-hmm. kind of thing. They could they could do some different stuff like that, um, but it could also just be almost like rivalry, like no, I'm a hero too, even though I do it differently, and like Venom, Eddie Brock in the comics and in the in other iterations where he's with Peter Parker, like from the beginning, they have a rivalry in real life that mm. then tra- like transfers over to Venom and, and Spider Man, where mm-hmm. Venom is constantly like in pursuit of spider-man because he wants to be better than spider-man not necessarily as a hero but just in general mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. that's interesting yeah we'll see what happens um i'm excited for all these things that are coming out i'm really excited for wandavision we'll have to do an episode uh once it's all released where we talk about our thoughts and ideas of what's to come after that mm-hmm um, but that'll be our first introduction into Marvel stuff um, on Disney Plus in December. And then, of course, the first theatrical release coming in May 2021 with the Black Widow film, which will uh, continue our story with Natasha Romanoff, at least prior to Endgame. And who knows? Maybe maybe one of the reasons why they're waiting is because there's implications in that story that they're, they would rather have take place when they can really continue on with some of the other things they're doing versus just like, here it is, and then now you're still got to wait a long time, but here's all this other stuff where Endgame and Spider-Man Far From Home were kind of definitive enough to say, cool, we can just leave that now, and mm. then we'll, we'll come back to this stuff later. Right. So we'll see. Um, yeah, we'll see about all that stuff. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the timeline and some of the news on, on those shows that I really love that Joy has learned to love alongside me <laughs> uh, and, and what's coming up. So a little bit different of an episode, but I just want to talk about the, the comic book nerdiness, those movies that are coming out and, and some of these different ideas and speculation, which is, which is always fun. So uh, we'll have more information on those obviously as they come out or if we hear anything else in the news, but mm-hmm. now it's time for what we're going to do today. Hey, hey, what we gonna do today? I can't wait, tell me what we're doing today. 
what are we going to do today? This is our segment of the show where we talk about the projects uh, and things that we are working on. Last time we, we had, um, we, we, we had, I almost said last time we did an episode. The last time we gathered together in this place, we talked about, <laughs> uh, we talked about J- Joy's podcast. As yeah. she, at the time, she was just a couple episodes in. Mm-hmm. Now season one's almost over. Um, so Wild. I'm sure you're doing that. But what else are you got going on? Uh, well, gosh. I know. Super loaded question. Yeah. It's okay. Um, so, like Nick said, I'm, I am, like, finishing up the first season of the podcast. And what I'm working on right now is content that I'm going to be um, releasing in between the seasons. Um, stuff like that. So, you'll probably be able to find information about that in the next few weeks on social media um so you can follow me at 99 pod on twitter or instagram to get that news there uh because i want to make sure that i'm still putting out um some content for listeners who are like waiting for the next season um but that also being said i'm still going to be recording the next season even though it's going to be on a break i'm going to be recording and prepping for the next season ahead of time um, before, you know, before release. Yeah. And it's not going to be like, uh, like this Marvel situation we just talked about where it's like a year from now, season two will come out. You've got no. plans to have that, uh, like a couple months, like a shorter period of time. Yeah. It's, it's probably going to be like a month or two. Yeah. So, but all that information will come when you're ready to announce it. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Anything else? I, um, I am really excited that Nick, purchased a hook knife for me um and i haven't had a chance to use it um but i'm really hoping to get back into some carving again i know that there are a lot of things happening and um it's finally cooling off outside it's not like a bazillion degrees anymore so sitting outside and doing some carving i'm hoping to get some of that in yeah cool Mm -hmm. Well, I have, been, like I said, I've been doing a lot of reading for school, and uh, in the middle of all that, uh, lately, I haven't been doing a whole lot of painting and drawing. In fact, it's been uh, it's been almost a month since I've even posted on my personal Instagram art page uh, any any posts, let alone art things. I think the last couple of posts I've had were all about sending the books out because the 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 books um, that came out. In sept- at the end of August, beginning of September, all had to be shipped out, making sure everybody received their Kickstarter rewards. Thank you again for all those who uh, who purchased a book. There have been a few purchases as well online, um, which is cool. So thank you guys for supporting that book. Um, they're available for sale if you'd like to buy one on my website, stokethewild.com, um, or paperfledglings.com for more information. But the in the middle of all that, like I haven't had as much time to sit down and just do art. So, um, my plan for the next month is going to be to, uh, continue to create things. It may not be it every day. I'm not participating in Inktober this year. I talked about that on the last episode. Um, one, I don't have time for it. And two, there's some things that I'm not thrilled about right now regarding that. So, um, when I do post, it's not going to be in, in conjunction with that. It'll just be regular art posts. Um, but I'm going to start getting consistent with that and work through some of those things that I've been wanting to do, uh, this month, uh, because I've had to focus a lot on writing 
recently. Mm -hmm. So I've been doing a whole lot of writing, um, poetry for this workshop class that I'm in, some short story stuff that I've been just working on on my own time. And so I've been focusing a lot on the the words and the content um, through writing versus drawing right now. And so other than doodling in my notebook, I haven't created any new pieces. So this month that's going to change. I'm going to be creating some new pieces. Um, I had a friend the other day talk to me about, hey, I miss seeing your Friday night like live sketches. I'm like, oh, maybe if I can find the brain capacity to do that, I'll try and do some more of those again. But um, we'll see what happens. So that's kind of what I've got going on. And I'm looking forward to, strangely enough, for the first time in a long time, I'm looking forward to winter Hmm. and the cold and like feeling like I have a reason to stay inside that's not COVID related. Mm, yeah yeah like, like if that makes sense like you know it's summertime and you can't go anywhere mm-hmm. that's hard at least mm-hmm. in winter you're like eh, it's cold would i be going anywhere anyway probably not right 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 <laughs> that's funny so um other than you know your healthy habits of of getting out to do things mm-hmm. um i'm kind of looking forward to the slowdown of like i have to be somewhere activity time that summer often brings Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah. So, what we're going to do today, when we have this segment, is also offers an opportunity for you guys to talk to us about the projects and things you have going on. Um, and so, I strongly recommend sending us an email, stokethewild at gmail.com, or hitting us up on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter, at stokethewild, and letting us know what projects you're working on, or, because of our topic this week, what Marvel films or projects that are coming out in media, television, comic book, movies, TV shows, whatever, that you're excited about and send that to us and we'll talk about that next week because there's always wonderful content to talk about in the world of comics and superheroes and nerdy stuff. So let us know what are some things you're looking forward to and we'll talk about that next time on the show. You can find us again on social media at Stoke the Wild everywhere. Um, or you can find my personal art page on Instagram at Nick Dertinger Art, or follow me on Twitter at Nick Dertinger. You can find information uh, for me at JM Dertinger on Twitter and Instagram, or you can find information about my podcast, 99 Lead Balloons, on Twitter and Instagram at 99Pod. Fantastic. Thank you guys so much. We will catch you next time for another episode of Stoke the Wild. Bye.